Thanks to Cabbage for supporting Market Foolery. Get the money you need to run your small business at cabbage.com and use the code FOOL to get $100 of credit on your first loan statement. Offer ends November 30th. Must take a $5,000 loan to qualify. Terms and conditions apply. It's Wednesday, October 30th. Welcome to Market Foolery. Thanks for listening. I'm Chris Hill. With me in studio, the one and only Bill Mann. Barely hanging on. Barely hanging on, because there's not enough coffee in the world. And as we just learned right before we started recording, one of our colleagues is grilling hot dogs out back. Yes. So let's do this show. Scott Dornbush. <laughs> the Reverend Scott the, Dornbush. The Reverend Scott Dornbush, who probably doesn't get enough credit, you know, out in the public, is 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 doing a thing today for all of us. Absolutely. Shout out to Rev. Um, all right, we've got a chip stock. We're gonna dip into the full mailbag. We've got to start with the stock of the day, and that is somewhat surprisingly, Mattel. Not dead yet. Mattel not dead yet. Yeah. Shares up 17%. Uh, third quarter results better than expected. Um, the CFO is leaving, but that seems to be okay. Normally, anytime I see either a CEO or a CFO leaving, I'm interested. Like, okay, is this for good reasons, for bad reasons? This appears to be fine, and this looks like the you know the the sales, the better than expected sales in the third quarter for Mattel. Sort of driving the stock today. Yeah, Barbie ten percent up, up ten percent. Hot Wheels up ten percent. Some of their other, some of their other uh, properties were lower, but I really think that the uh, the stock is uh, is responding to the fact there was a whistleblower letter that came out in in August that basically accused uh, the company of uh, mishandling its. Uh, its accounting in 2017, uh, and really in you know bigger news for a company that requires a lot of capital to operate, they had to halt a bond offering as a result. So, one of the things that they came out and said today was that they figured out that yes, there actually was some mistakes. There was a matter of a hundred million dollars worth of taxes that was not booked in one quarter and then was booked in the in the next, which was improper. Uh, you know, you have to wonder at the end of the day if it washed out. Um, you know, but quarterly the quarterly earnings matter, and it's it it, it seems to have cost uh, CFO uh, Joseph Eutenenner. I say that German style. German style. It may be Eutenenner. Uh, his job. So this comes at a time where we're heading into the holidays, and you look at Mattel stock. It's up big today, but it's basically flat down slightly over the past year. This seems like it has cleared the way for them to hopefully have a strong holiday quarter because if you know if they get a new CFO in there, the accounting stuff is out of the way. Any any sort of financial clouds over the company have cleared. Yeah. Then I don't want to say they're set up for success, but it's almost like all right, we're going into the holidays. This really should be a quarter. Where you're doing as good, if not even better, than you just did in Q3. Yeah, it's a funny question. I don't know what they're set up for. I mean, this is this is a company that is now basically it's been cleared to raise money, but I kind of have to ask for what, right? Like, this is this is not a growth company, and you always have to wonder when a company goes to uh, you know go goes to the mat for some more capital be it you know be it to debt or equity what are they going to use it for you know this is a company that's got a number of pretty tired 
um, properties. You know, Hot Wheels did really well this quarter. American Girl dolls did not. Um, their infant toddler segment is flagging with Fisher, Fisher Price. I mean, they've got moves, right? This is a company that has you know that that has really pretty incredible intellectual property. But at some point, you need to see something, and it's not just a path to hey, let's raise some more money. No, absolutely, and I think that you know, just as we've seen uh, businesses in other industries where. Every quarter, it seems like one division is sort of carrying the water. Yeah. Um, once again, with Mattel, Barbie, <laughs> Barbie's doing the heavy lifting because you're right; they do have some tire brands. Barbie does not appear to be one of them. Which, uh, if you were to list out their brands for me, I would point to Barbie as being the most problematic. And I'm just, you know, once again, completely wrong. I mean, completely wrong. I am guessing, however, that like me, you enjoy the fact that when you look at Mattel, when they break out their sales by product category, one of their product categories is vehicles. Yeah. Now, granted, we're talking about Hot Wheels, but it just it just sort of tickles me that it's like that's right. How are vehicle sales? That's right. Well, you know, we're not catching up with Tesla just yet, but we're doing okay. Um, so this is one. The financial clouds cleared. Yeah, you know, good sales, but this is not one where you're like, ah, I'll I'll put this on my watch list. Not really. I mean, it's a company that uh, in some of our services we've had we've we've had short in the past. Um, Glad we don't at the moment. Um, I don't. I. Mattel is, you know, as I said, it's a company with 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 potential shots in its bag. But at some point, you have to say. They they really haven't come up with anything yet, and I'm not seeing I'm not seeing new ideas coming out of the company. Let's move on to AMD Advanced Micro Devices, um, a stock that we really don't talk about all that often, a business we don't talk about all that often, and maybe we should looking at the five year chart. I mean, third quarter results. Um, what stood out to you? I mean, they in terms of revenue, I think they had their their biggest quarter in over a dozen years. Yeah, it's the biggest quarter since uh, two thousand and five. Um, this is a company that back in the day uh, we almost thought of this as being like a third rail company because its shareholders were so rabid about. You know whether or not we're saying nice things about AMD, whether the things were nice enough. I mean, there almost was no, there was no such thing as too, you know, as too nice for AMD. So it's really interesting to me, and you and I talked about this earlier. This is a thirty billion dollar market cap company. This is not a dying enterprise, and so I'm having a little difficulty squaring these two facts: highest revenue in more than a decade. And a stock that has gone absolutely crazy. Yeah, for the longest time, this was uh, the primary competition, and I'll just put the word <laughs> competition in air quotes to Intel. Yeah, like if, you know, it's like, oh yes, Intel is the dominant chip maker. AMD, yeah, they also do that too, but they're tiny. And there were stretches of time where, and we weren't the only ones making this this joke, but people would joke about how AMD was essentially monopoly insurance for Intel. <laughs> That's right. It was like, well, why doesn't Intel just buy them or put them out of you know completely out of business? It's like because they keep, the next thing that's they happened. keep regulators off their back because Intel can say, no, 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 we have competition. It's them. Yeah. But the last yeah. five years, this stock is up, I believe, more than tenfold at a time when Intel stock has done pretty well. Um, and over the long term, obviously, Intel is 
is the bigger winner. But um, it, and and you tell me. I mean, it seems like Lisa Sue, who is the CEO at AMD. She became the CEO five years ago, and I'm not giving her all the credit, but she probably. Gets, I want some of what she's having. Yeah, that's for sure. She probably gets and deserves the lion's share of the credit for what this company has done. Yeah, because because I think that's I think that's exactly right, and it's really hard to say as a, as as a non technician, as a non technological. You know, I I don't really follow the technology as you know so. You know they did great in the you know in the GPU segment. Uh, you know I don't I I can't really tell you you know seven nanometer you know you know chips versus anything else you know whether whether they're winning or not. But the fact is that was that this was a very tired company five six years ago, and it was a company that you know as you say was probably literally around to keep. The regulators at bay for Intel, but now you have to look at what AMD is doing, say, and saying they are they're competing just fine on their own. You mentioned the let's just call it passionate fan base. Fan base, I think, is right. Back in the day, yeah. and um, and it reminded me a little bit of uh, Rambus. Um, oh gosh, uh, Rambus, which you know is, I think, in a similar space in terms of you know uh, making components or, or right. And it was a company. It was a company that had. It's almost like the little brother syndrome. I mean, it was it, Rambus was a company and AMD was a company that both had really just huge elements that they were competing with or that they were fighting against and. I really think, you know, Warren Buffett always says that that companies get the shareholder base that they deserve. These two companies, it seems to me, had brawlers for shareholders for a bunch of years. Uh, they didn't end up winning, uh, but they fought the good fight for a long time. And 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 as as a market commentator, it was it was almost terrifying to even bring up these companies' names because you knew what you were going to get in your inbox, you know, in in your voicemails. It was it was pervasive. Quick shout out to Cabbage, managing inventory, covering payroll. And doing a hundred other things before lunch is just an average day when you own a small business. Your time is valuable, and getting the money you need should not take up all of your time. And that's why Cabbage created a simple, modern way for businesses to access up to two hundred fifty thousand dollars worth of credit. You can apply online. It takes just minutes to complete and get a decision. If your business qualifies, you can access the amount you need right away and draw more funds whenever you need extra capital. Cabbage has an A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau and has provided over 200,000 small businesses with access to funding. Starting a small business, I'm not interested in it. That's that's too challenging for me. You've done it. I have. David done it. and Tom Gardner have done it. Um, you know, accessing funds. That's such a big part of starting a small business. A lot of companies struggle with it when they're starting out. So get, that's very true. Get the money that you need to run your small business today. Go to cabbage.com. Use the code Fool to get one hundred dollars credit on your first loan statement. That's k a b b a g e dot com. Offer ends November thirtieth. Of this year, must take a minimum five thousand dollar loan to qualify. Credit line subject to review and change. Individual requests for capital are separate installment loans issued by Celtic Bank, 
Remember, FDIC. Did we determine that it was Celtic and not Celtic Bang? Yes, and shout out to Jason Moser for that one. Okay, because, because we said Celtic earlier. Yeah, uh, yeah. Last time around, said Celtic, and um, uh, Jason did a little thing I like to call research <laughs> and, and found an interview. Go, go on. I'm interested. Found an interview where uh, I think it was with the CEO or one of the executives was asked by the person interviewing. By the way, is it pronounced Celtic or Celtic? He's like Celtic, like the Boston Celtic. Yeah. Our email address is marketfoolery at fool.com. Question from Gary Sinclair in Copenhagen, Denmark. Gary writes, thanks for producing a great show. I enjoy listening to your insights about the markets. Recently, you've spoken about companies buying back shares as a way of using cash to help boost market returns for investors. Is there an equivalent event for when a company is low on cash as a way of raising funds? Uh, and presumably resulting in a higher number of shares outstanding, and probably a negative effect on the share price. I guess most companies try to avoid this if possible, but maybe it's necessary sometimes. Keep up the great work. Uh, thank you, Gary, for listening. Uh, what do you All think? right. Uh, I probably shouldn't even start this way, but I don't know who said it here in this group, but it's nonsense that share buybacks are support. Share prices. You know, they are basically a. It's a capital decision. It's essentially mainly replacing cash with shares, and you know, it's just a way of managing the capital of your business. But there are things. In fact, the reason why companies are public is so that they can tap the public markets. Right. That's that's exactly why these companies are listed to start with, and the the primary way that they do it. And Gary's exactly right to ask about this. Are companies something called secondaries? They are follow-on offerings. You have your IPO, which is an initial public offering, which should suggest that there are going to be ones that come afterwards. Um, you know, I just looked. Uh, there's a company called PagSeguro uh, that's a Brazilian, uh, a Brazilian payments company. Just this last week, announced that they were doing a 650 million dollar secondary offering, in which what they will do is exactly what Gary's suggesting. They will sell shares into the market, and in return, they will get cash that they're going to be using for investing. So it's just it's you know it's simply a different way of raising money. It's using your equity uh, instead of what Mattel is going to be doing with their you know by issuing debt. So it is a tried and true uh, reason and a use for the capital markets. Keep the emails coming. Marketfoolery at fool.com. Uh, you can also join our Facebook group, which is just Motley Fool Podcast. Uh, one of the folks in our Facebook group, uh, Gerald Lind. Uh, who I believe I'm assuming lives in the Midwest somewhere uh, made a comment about Halloween candy because we've been doing that all week. When's Halloween again? Uh, it's tomorrow. Oh man! <laughs> I've been a I've been away. been away. I've been away. You've been away. <laughs> You've been traveling overseas. Uh, but uh, Gerald, uh, uh, Jared, excuse me, um, made a comment that an underrated candy uh, is something called the Twin Bing, which is. Uh, a candy that I'm going to have to disqualify slightly, Jared. For my mouth has never experienced this. Well, uh, twin it's, bing. it's like cherry with uh, it's like a cherry flavored nougat covered with. It sounds delicious with mm. chocolate and peanut covering, um, but it's sold at Casey's General Stores. Not close. And and, uh, <laughs> and uh, I feel like uh, Jared's enthusiasm. Uh, gets gets tempered a little bit by the fact that we're literally 400 miles away. <laughs> I don't I, I don't I don't wish to rest upon my coastal bias, but I but Casey's are not nearby. They're not nearby. We we should road trip. 
we should road trip. And if you know, if Jared wants to just put a couple of the twin bings in, you know, in a small box and send them to Fool HQ, we won't stop them. They sound fantastic. Yeah, we'll give them a fair shot. He also pointed out that the breakfast pizza at. Casey's is as good as advertised. Um, what do you got for overrated and underrated candy? Oh God! So I, you know, for me the most overrated candy, and it's by far it's not even close, are Nestle Crunch because they taste like wax. I mean, it's it's as if what would happen if you put the Soviets in charge of chocolate <laughs> production? Like it's waxy chocolate cut with crispy rice. They're not good. Like every year, I get the Nestle Crunch. It's like, it's a Swiss company. How could you screw chocolate up? Right. I, I just don't. I don't think they are good. Is that one that you uh, like if, when your kids would go trick or treating, and you're like, okay, look, you have too much candy. I'm gonna take some of it off your hands. I'm gonna leave you the Nestle Crunch. I'm, I'm gonna leave you this. Yeah. 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 Give me the Twixes. Right. Give me the Heath bars. You're allergic. You're allergic to peanut butter, so I'll take all the Reese's situation yeah. and, and save you from them. Yeah, yeah. But underrated. You know what? I, I, I the thing that I love. Have you ever had bit of honeys? Yes, not for a very long time. Yeah, they're so good, and they're not particularly sweet because they're sweetened with honey instead of sugar. But it's kind of like a hard taffy with a with with with, with a center. I love them, and I and they are really specifically Halloween candy, and I think that they are. I think that they're pretty underrated. Do you think that's because they have the consistency of small bricks? I think it's possible because they've they've they've, they've obviously pulled someone's tooth out. Uh, yeah, they are. They're you can't eat many of them. It's you know right like you're not picking up a bit of honey. You know. King size, right? <laughs> and it's working not, your way through that. Yeah, and and this time of year, I'm always uh, always makes me think of our our good friend and former colleague Tim Hansen, who would almost on an annual basis do a small rant about quote unquote fun size. Oh yeah, and oh how, yeah. You know, at his point, there's nothing fun about fun size. And my counter to that was. I think that's true in most situations. You'd always prefer the the regular size right. candy to the smaller candy, but there are those ones where it's like, to your point, nobody want like even you who enjoys a bit of honey, you don't want a big one. No, nobody, no, nobody needs it. Some year though, I'm gonna go straight to Legend in our neighborhood, and I'm gonna go out and get those like one pound size Hershey chocolate baking bricks, and I'm going to give those out as Halloween candy, and we're just going to see what happens. Nice. That's fun size. You know what? Let's go get some hot dogs. Right on, man. All right. Bill Mann, thanks for being here. As always, people on the program may have interest in the stocks they talk about, and The Motley Fool may have formal recommendations for or against, so don't buy or sell stocks based solely on what you hear. That's going to do it for this edition of Market Forward. The show's mixed by Dan Boyd. I'm Chris Hill. Thanks for listening. We'll see you tomorrow.